Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Network Show, where today we're going to talk all things about the National Basketball Association. Here, as always, for our weekly check-in on the greatest sport in the world, as far as I'm concerned. How's it going, Spread? Oh, man, I'm doing a lot better than those tennis players quarantining in Australia. Um, so it's bright, it's sunny here, and um, boy, it's been a crazy NBA season. But you know what? As, uh, as podcasters and people who do content, we have plenty to talk about. So I'm excited to, to dig in today's card. We've got a lot of games, but it's always what I like to do every week. I think this is just kind of a nice way to, to see how the flow of the season's going. Check it on the standings here. Um, if we had the playoffs starting tomorrow, it looks like the number one seed would be the Celtics in the East, followed by the Bucks, the Sixers, Pacers, Nets, the Knicks. Still staying in there. The Cavaliers, the formerly the one seed, they have uh, taken a tumble down to the seven seed. Um, the Hawks, and then Magic and the Hornets, nine and ten there. Again, the top six of the Knicks would be in the playoffs. They started tomorrow, spread. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think by next week they, they might be out of there. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, if, if they continue to, to play hard, hard basketball and Thibodeau continues to run these guys to the ground, I mean – Maybe they'll get, maybe they'll be able to be 500. Maybe that's just enough. But I think you're right. We'll kind of start to see them fall out. The Cavaliers, obviously, I'm honestly amazed that that they're six and seven, given all the injuries they've had. That's kind of impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, these are two teams though that if you like do the last five, their net ratings have been terrible. They've kind of regressed to what we expect. So uh, we'll see if they're able to keep it up. Um, the Cavaliers have a better excuse, obviously, with um, all the injuries they've had. And then um, I don't know if we want to touch on it, but it sounds like they had another food fight in the locker room. And now Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> is on the market. So, uh, yeah, it's um, that's it's just a messy situation. Everybody's been out with COVID or injuries or some sort of various stuff. So, I mean, for them to be six and seven wild, they've got a game tonight spread against the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets coming off that uh, tight victory of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Taking a look here, it looks like the latest line looks like this open nine. It's out to Brooklyn minus 10. Makes sense. People are betting on Brooklyn. I took an under here early this morning at what it now seems to be a terrible number. Um, I went under 222. I think I might have even gotten under 223 there. Oh, it's wow. all the way out to 226. So yeah. uh, three points of movement against me. Uh, I, I guess... Maybe I'm just making the incorrect adjustment for Harden. I know that Kyrie Irving is going to be playing his first game tonight. To me, that actually kind of seems more like an underplay. I expect him to hold the ball. I think he uh, generally slows down his teams for, for the most part. But as we discussed before the show, I mean, it was we were watching James Harden the other night barely even dribble the ball. So, I mean, maybe Nash and his team are doing a good job of getting these guys to move the ball and, and pass more as opposed to hold on to it and dribble a bunch. I mean, what have you seen from the Nets? I mean, and what do you think of that line in tonight's game? Yeah, I mean, it looks like James Harden was a player, you know, from Bobby Knight's Indiana, you know, like three dribbles and then you have to pass, which to me killed our under. I mean, I wanted to see some dribbling tricks. I wanted to see him messing around out by the logo, <laughs> and it didn't happen. Our under died a slow, painful death. Uh, and so it's, I'm, I'm excited to see you going back to the well. Um, although, to be fair, you're going against the team in the Cavaliers, right, that struggles to put up 100 points. Um, so it's a little different, you know, betting under with the two top offenses. All I could say is Harden fit in way better than I expected right off the bat. And I think that this just goes to show us when we're dealing with the top NBA players, like never underestimate their abilities. Um, I was just I was just amazed at how seamlessly he fit in with Durant, how he was able to find him on drives. He seemed to know exactly where he wanted the ball. And and as 
uh, someone you know holding that undertake it it just felt like they could get whatever shot they wanted um they worked together quite nicely and uh you know sunny so i watched your you better bet segment um where you talked about the nets at plus 120 you know probably was the wrong price and and the, you had the bucks at i think what plus 300 yeah plus 300 yeah. better yeah okay and i still kind of like that but i mean i was cheering along and like you know say it louder for the people in the back and all those little things and then after watching that game i said boy that plus 120 might be right this team looks fantastic i mean do you even need depth with those two guys scoring for you so um what did you make of the nets because i i'll tell you what i mean i think that that number might be a little closer to 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 correct after watching that first two games what do you think it didn't feel great doing uh, two, maybe three days worth of shows talking about, you know, how much I like that Milwaukee Bucks number um, and kind of ragging on the nets there a little bit. What concerned me the most was how ill-prepared Giannis seemed to be to be carded by DeAndre Jordan. I thought that, oh, yeah. that was an interesting choice by Brooklyn, and I thought at some point Giannis would take advantage of that, and he didn't. And, you know, maybe Bud wasn't prepared for that, and we'll see what happens. I know he's not the best coach at making in-game adjustments, but I think he does maybe adapt a little bit game to game. So hopefully he takes a look at some of that film and, and figures out what they were doing with DeAndre Jordan because that was really interesting to me that he was able to kind of not stop Giannis but keep him in check enough where, you know, it gave everybody else some freedom and they got a chance to move up the floor. And, and what it really enabled to me was Jordan was able to guard Giannis, stay close to the rim, grab the rebound while he started to see some of the guards, guys like Joe, and some of the wing players, guys like Joe Harris and Harden kind of leak out. And I think what you saw is a lot of quick baskets that way, and that's where a lot of those quick threes came from. So curious to see what adjustments the Bucks make. Um, again, again, as you start to think about tonight specifically, I still like an under, and I'm probably going to go back to the well here, but I think instead of maybe taking more total game under, I'm going to take a look at the Cleveland Cavaliers team total. You know, mm -hmm. as these totals rise, what you generally see is um, unless the spread changes, the team totals rise accordingly as, as the, the total rises um, itself. You know, so earlier this morning, it would have been implied 106 and a half, all the way up to 107 and a half for the Cleveland Cavaliers. What do you think about a team total under 107 and a half? And I mean, if it's 108, I think I definitely have to jump. Yeah, I actually think that's a much safer play because um, we could be looking at another Brooklyn explosion here. Uh, you know, we talked about when the Cavaliers constructed this lineup, uh, one of their issues is going to be um, the backcourt defense. And I think that this is just a, a matchup right for James Harden to get loose. And then Kevin Durant, I mean, he's almost matchup proof. Uh, I saw Giannis on him and, and he <laughs> he was getting his shots. I mean, uh, he might be the best scorer in the NBA. And and. So, I mean, th talk about things that we were wrong about in the offseason. I mean, he came back from that Achilles injury. I didn't think you could come back and be this good, and he has. So uh, the only thing that could, could, could ruin him now is durability. But, I mean, he's back to his old form, and um, I could see them putting up a lot of points. I think you're much safer there, especially since you're already invested in one front. Yeah, so I'll maybe add a little bit of that. I'll obviously tweet that out on my account if, if I do that. The other big matchup tonight, um, well, not the other big matchup, the big matchup in the Eastern Conference here, my Philadelphia 76ers are going to be playing the Jason Tatumless Boston Celtics. Taking a look at the line here, the 76ers are favored. Looks like they're minus five. That looks like it's open five, stayed at five. The total open at 217, all the way up to 221 and a half. So people like the over here tonight, even though Tatum isn't playing. What do you think here, Spread? Yeah, so this is an one where, like, um, I think it indicates some of the troubles in handicapping the NBA this year because, uh, you know, you and I run models. We talk to a lot of people who run models. Everybody's number says Boston, right? 
But how do you get an accurate number on Philadelphia uh, with the COVID news, you know, missing any game that's Embiid out, you got to throw out. So now you're down to like, what, a four game sample size with the lineup that we're going to see tonight. Um, so you got to kind of go back to your gut. I don't think that you can accurately model this game. Um, it's been a fantastic matchup. It's been a great rivalry. I mean, for the past 30 years, but also recently, you know, since the end of the process and you guys got your team. And um, boy, I wonder if our boy Prince of the City is in here, um, you know, because I want to take Philadelphia here. Minus four and a half seems like a lot, but you have a team uh, that's going without Jason Tatum. And what do we say, say know about Philadelphia that we can count on, right? I mean, they defend the ball so well. Uh, for everything you want to talk about Ben Simmons, if you only look at his defense, right? I mean, he's just a fantastic player on that end of the floor. You get the great rim protection from Embiid. Um, no Seth Curry hurts the scoring, obviously, but it almost makes the defense a little better. Um, I think this is going to be a Boston team that's going to have problems setting up their half-court offense, getting shots. I think the only way uh, that they really can get out to a nice lead is by playing good defense themselves and, and, and taking advantage of Philadelphia in transition. Because if it gets close and it gets down to half-court sets at the end, I'm, I trust Philadelphia so much more um, to execute in the half-court. And, um, you know, who would have thought this before, but with Tyrese Maxey um, jumping in here, I think we got a lot more depth here on the Philadelphia side, the ability to score off the bench. Um, and, and, and there's a reason why Houston wanted him so bad in that trade. He seems to have been a fantastic draft pick so far. And it's pretty cool that you guys got the really good defender last year, and now you've got a, a spark plug off the, off the bench offensively. So now Doc Rivers has so many uh, different options on where he wants to go when he's mixing, mixing up these lineups during the game, depending on what the team needs. So... I like Philadelphia minus four and a half here. What do you think? Am I crazy for liking your team? I don't think so. I mean, with Tatum out here, I'm surprised that they aren't favored by a little more, frankly. Um, just taking a look quickly at what some of the injury stuff is. This will be the Sixers' first time playing the Celtics this year, so we're going to get to see if the Tristan Thompson signing made any sense. We're going to get to see if <laughs> Daniel Tice you know, can still slow down um, Joel Embiid at all, but – he is one to get in foul trouble a lot. I know that Robert Williams is out, and he, there's someone that, um, you know, again, he's not um, the greatest defensive player in the world, obviously, but comes out and, you know, has some tough minutes against it, gets his fouls in and kind of gets out of there. Um, so, you know, it's it could be a very good night for Embiid here against this defense. It looks like Kemba Walker is coming back tonight, so I believe that that is his first game of the he, year. No, he's played already. He's has played. he played already? Sorry. Yeah, he yeah, actually he, looked he, pretty good. He's actually looked pretty good, um, you know, for coming back from an injury. Um, conditioning seemed good, and we know, and I talked about it with you in the offseason, it, it is a degenerative knee condition. Um, but just watching a snapshot, you wouldn't know. Um, you're just That's going to be something to keep an eye on, though. Can it hold up for the whole season? Um, but as of right now, I would, you know, if you're putting it back in there, I, I wouldn't downgrade them all. Like, I would consider it to be however you rate Campbell Walker. Like, that's the player you're getting tonight. And I'm curious to see, um, you know, what he's able to do, you know, against the 76ers. I'm looking to see, you know, in, this play in the playoff series, although, um, you know, the Sixers obviously were really bad there. Had all great games for Kemba Walker, 19, 22, 24, 29. Right. Going back through, I'm trying to see what he did for the regular season. You know, 26 in one game at Philadelphia, um, 29 in another game at home against Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, you know, only 12 in the first game there. But he's someone that generally has a lot of success against the Philadelphia 76ers. So I wonder right. if maybe that's a little bit of what's driving this line here. But it's going to be a fun game to watch because with, with some of those mismatches, we'll see if, again, they can figure out what to do with Kemba Walker. Obviously, without Jason Tatum, 
here. I think that Philadelphia should take care of business. But you know, the number at four or five, that five kind of makes sense to me, I think. I don't know if there's necessarily value either way. I saw somebody in the chat here, Freddie, say that he liked the under here. It's hard for me to, to figure out how to adjust the total, honestly, for Tatum being out. But I think this is probably an under or pass spot. These two teams generally play slower games. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be uh, – I would agree with that for sure. So, um, yeah, I like Philly there. I think they've set a nice number there at five, though. So this isn't like a smash spot or a slam spot. Um, but, you know, you if you force me to make a pick here, I'm taking Philadelphia and I'm laying the five points. Now, staying in the Eastern Conference, again, there is a game between two of the disappointing teams. The spread, if you noticed, as I read that list, there were two teams that were not even in the possibility of being in the player position, the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, you know, For various reasons, obviously, the Heat have struggled as much as any team with injuries and, and COVID being out, You know, again, mostly COVID stuff. Uh, the Raptors have just been playing terrible. Um, now, the last few games have been much better for them. Bringing Boucher in has been just a godsend for them. Um, scoring a bunch of points, playing really nice on defense. Their level has picked up a lot. You know, um, trying to see here in the last – they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, just pretty good considering they started the season 0-3. And, um, and I think it was like 0-4, and 0-5, and, and 6, so a little better there as the sample size gets smaller. You know, what is what do you think as you start to look at this game? You know, I'm looking at the lines right now. Open 3.5, stayed 4, so not too much movement there. Total open 219.5. Um, taking some money on the over here. I'm seeing 222, 222.5 even popping here. No plays for me here. You know, again, if I had to guess or play anything, probably lean towards an under here, but nothing's really popping to me. What are you seeing here? Yeah, I like Toronto. You say five and five in the last ten, but I think they're four and one in the last five. So That's you see how is. much see how much this skews towards their recent success. Where's the recent success? You said it. It's Boucher. You know, putting him in the lineup. I mean, the guy's getting like twenty and ten um, as a backup. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I don't think he's I don't think you can bet him for six man of the year because I think he will be started soon. I, I mean, I, I don't He's know been how starting, you, it looks like the last couple games. Yeah. So I don't see how uh, you can keep him out of the starting lineup. They waived Alex Lynn, whoop de doo um, you know, and they were having problems with, you know, we talked about it on the last pod, replacing Ibaka and Gasol. They found the replacement. It took them 10 games and they did. And then, you know, what's interesting when we're talking about the heat and the Raptors, I think this is a great game because this is two players that kind of symbolize, um, you know, higher usage can sometimes lead to regressions, right? We saw that with Pascal Siakam, right? As he became the man and people focused on him, his efficiency went way down. We're seeing the same thing with all these players being out with Tyler Hero. Uh, his three-point shoot, remember how good he was last year? I mean, everyone, he was supposed to be like, you know, oh, I can't believe they got him at, you know, whatever number pick they got him at, right? Uh, he's down to 30% on his three-pointers. Uh, and now that he's having to create and he's not just getting these awesome looks set up for him by his teammates and he's being focused on by the defense, you can see the clear regression and it shows how much, you know, basketball is a team game and that, you know, we can't really overreact to small sample sizes. So, um, if I'm right, we got Butler out tonight and Dragic out. Yeah, it looks like Butler's definitely out. Bradley's out. Drogic is... Oh, my bad. It's Bradley. You're right. It's Bradley. No, Bradley's Bradley. out. Drogic is listed yeah. day-to-day. So is Hero. Yeah. I haven't seen any updates in the last you know hour or so since we got on the show here. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I mixed up Bradley and Drogic. I don't know why. They're not even close to similar as players. But, yeah, um, I, I like Toronto here. I'm going to ride the hot streak here. Um, I think, 
I think four and a half. Wait, no, I have minus four here. That seems about right. But um, yeah, I still like Toronto here. It's been tough sledding for Miami as, as someone, you know, being selfish that uh, invested in some Toronto overs here. It's nice to see them sort of catch up, but I hope that this continues that streak. But, um, you know, no wagers here for me. Okay. Again, look, look at that through. Let's see if there are any other kind of big Eastern Conference games before we jump to um, the other conference. Uh, well, no, no, no let's, let's, let's not. We can't, we can't skip over some of these teams. Let's talk about the, um, the Pistons and the Hawks. Ah, Pistons. Oh, there we go. Sorry. I, that, I knew there was another one. I must have skipped it as I went through. Yeah, Pistons and the Hawks here. The Pistons' worst record in the league at 3-10. and 10. The Hawks, you know, 8 seed right now, 6-7. and I've been a really interesting team. I know, um, you know, some of the pieces of audio that I maybe regret having recorded with you involve us talking a lot about Atlanta Hawks overs and things like that before the season. Uh, mm-hmm. We could not have been more wrong about that. Atlanta has been just a stone cold under team this year if you blindly bet every um over in atlanta games this year like we may have suggested you might want to do you'd be down nine units on the air spread so uh, you know what have you seen from the hawks before we jump into this particular game you know atlanta versus detroit i don't think we have much to say about detroit really but you know what have you seen from atlanta um what maybe did we get wrong a few months ago or a month ago at this point that we need to maybe change and how do we adjust our view going forward well their additions just haven't been additions. Bogdanovich is already out. And it was so funny because a lot of people say for the Kings, oh, you can't you you can't let Bogdanovich go. You have to match that offer. You have to match the offer. Well, this is exactly why. Um, he, he gets his injury, right? And now you'd be on the hook for a player that you can't trade, right? That didn't fit into your future plans. So that hurts. Gallinari's still out, right? He's not playing today yet, right? So he nope. played, what, one or two games with the team? So a lot of the reasons that we were so high on this team were these additions, and they're just not there. Another thing is Clint Capella has come in, and he's number one, slows him down on offense, even though I think he makes him a little more efficient because he's a great um, role man in the pick and roll. And, I mean, he's he's really a better defender than I was giving him credit for before. Uh, he's really doing a lot to, to kind of clog up the middle and give some rim protection for them on defense. Um, so I think that's helping a lot. And then also, I think that we've had, and I think we talked about it last week with John Collins and Trey Young, a little bit of friction of how the offense is being run. Um, and so I think that that has a lot to do with it too. I think that Pierce is really having problems um, keeping that locker room uh, together. Uh, we finally got to see this week um, the debut of their rookie, Okongwu, and he looked like a rookie. <laughs> I think he's going to be good. It's going to be a little while, right? So uh, now you have another issue with Pierce trying to de- – it's weird with these these better teams. Uh, the Warriors are having the same issues, development versus win now, right? Uh, Okongwu and I'd say is the same as Wiseman. Um, they're going to be net negatives right now, but you need to get them out there and you need to get them reps. So it's such a tough balancing act um, for the head coach here. So I think that's one of the reasons that we've, we've seen it is, you know, the additions simply aren't there. Like, I don't think Chris Dunn's played a game. Uh, Rondo just came back. But you know how regular season Rondo is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that guy's about as laissez-faire as it can be. And then I did want to talk about this, too. I know you said we're not going to talk about Detroit. But here's a, here's a sneaky fact that I didn't expect. Remember, we just dogged Detroit in the offseason. Um, they're 7-5 against the spread. They're not getting blown out. They're not getting blown out the water. You know what I'm saying? They are keeping all these games close. And... Um, I can't remember who your most improved ticket is on, but Jeremiah Grant is going to make a run for your money there. Uh, he's looking fantastic. Uh, you know, we kind of laughed Jeremy. about that signing. Jeremy, I don't know why I want to. Not make, Amish. I don't, yeah, I keep giving him a biblical. He's not name. Mormon. 
Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, right? But he's I definitely going to give you a rival. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Him and yeah, Isaiah. Basketball. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, you'd have to agree with me, right? That he, he's really done well and the, uh, a signing that we kind of laughed at. And I think it's going to be worth the money there. So um, I'd be interested here. Detroit's been very good against the spread, getting four and a half against the kind of a discombobulated Atlanta team. I think I would lean towards taking the points here. Once again, not a bet. What did you think on the on the side if I had to pin you down? Probably lean Detroit on the side. You know, if I had to, as I start to look at my numbers, I make this closer to four, four and a half. So, you know, maybe just a touch of value in Detroit. And actually, mm -hmm. that's what you've seen. You know, as I start to look, this open six, it's all the way down to four and a half right now. Right. Um, so, obviously, maybe there was a little bit of value in six. You know, maybe I was right, even though I didn't bet it. The total yeah. opens at 221, you know, pretty much the same. It's a 220 and a half. Those numbers again. It's this was right in the wheelhouse for me from a numbers perspective. And there, there was no other angles or considerations really that I had to take in here. I mean, it's to me this seems like a big game for Atlanta. You know, if they're going to kind of get right, this is a spot where they have to kind of hunker down and win this game. Yeah, I mean, I would completely agree. Um, I lean Detroit, but not enough to play it. And like you said, we already missed the best of the numbers. So let's jump into the Western Conference, and I know let's we've got a couple it. other Eastern Conference teams. We'll get to cross conference games at the end. Right. Um, Lakers are number one, Jazz are number two, Clippers are number three. Then you've got the Suns, Spurs, and Blazers. All would be in the playoffs if it started tomorrow. In the play-in group, you'd have the Warriors, Grizzlies, Nuggets, and Mavericks. Uh, the Thunder, um, basically a tiebreaker away from the play-in game, followed by the Pelicans, Kings, Rockets, and Timberwolves. Um, you know, most of the names that we expected to see here, but you know, maybe not quite the order that we had them in. And we've got the, the San Antonio Spurs here at the five seed. I mean, what have you seen from them? They are playing Golden State tonight, another team that you know we weren't really sure what they would be doing, but seven maybe feels just about right for them. You know, if things shake out, what do you think about um, you know either of those teams? And then we'll jump into the game tonight. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs are one of those teams because they don't really ever make offseason moves that we kind of just glided over when we did our preseason prep. But they're uh, pretty much the exact stereotype that we have of, of a Spurs team, right? They play smart. They play good defense. Pop uses the rotations beautifully. They will beat you in the mid-range. And what I noticed recently is they are kind of embracing the three-point shot a little bit more. Um, Keldon Johnson's been fantastic. Patty Mills has been deadly from behind the arc. Um it's it's hard not to like the Spurs team, especially as a team that's constantly overlooked because, I mean, let's be honest, they're I think they're pretty close to their ceiling right now, so they don't really have championship aspirations, but they're going to be a tough out for any team uh, on any night, and, um, and, I, and I like them tonight against the Warriors in what I think is going to be a lit-down spot coming off that win against the Lakers, which, hey, you know, credit to the Warriors, they won the game, but... The Lakers did lit up a little bit there. I mean, they are so in cruise mode uh, after that long season last year, short off season, um, and, and that was just one of the games. I mean, I don't think that they thought about that loss for more than five minutes after the game. Um, so I think that, you know, congratulations to the Warriors for doing it. The step back, uh, Steph hit over AD on that final uh, Dre, Dre pick and roll was just fantastic. It was, you know, shades of 2015. Fun to see as a fan, but I don't want to take too much into it. And uh, I think it's a great lit down spot. And I think that Pop will take advantage of this. This Warriors starting lineup is terrible. Like, uh, they're so bad compared to some of the other lineups. And Steve Curry even had a quote where he said, if we really needed to win a game, like it was like a must win, like the playing game, 
He wouldn't start the starting five that they're using. He's continuing to do it because he's trying to develop it because he thinks he has the most potential and the most high ceiling, but you're simply not getting the results from it. And, um, I mean, the only other thing to look for tonight, I think, will be will Kelly Oubre get another technical for blowing a kiss. I think that's up there with Tim Duncan laughing on the bench uh, for greatest technicals of all time. I like that. That was a solid technical foul <laughs> breakdown there. Um, as I start to look at the game, I, I think I agree with you here. I, I like San Antonio, and I, and I might warm up to them a little bit. I know some of the sharper guys we talked with were you know, on Golden State. That's some of, I saw some of the guys in the yeah. chat this morning were already on Golden State. You know, Looking again at the line movement here, um, Golden State open minus one. Pretty much right around there. It looks like there's a minus one and a half sitting out there, but mostly ones. The total opened at 228 and a half. Sits right at 228 and a half. I bet the under here. Um, okay. I got 228 instead of 228 and a half. Uh, you know, I make this closer to 223, 224 here. Mm -hmm. um, Golden State specifically has been a pretty good under team. Um, San Antonio has been kind of 50 50 on, on each side, but I'm happy to kind of follow that trend. And again, I think that with Tremont on the floor, they played slower. Um, and the offense is maybe a little less efficient with the defense being a little bit better. So I'm um, happy to grab an under there. What do you think of that play? Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. I think the Golden State's defense is kind of being underrated right now. Um, we can trash Andrew Wiggins all we want, and he's probably deservedly so, but I think he plays fine on the defensive end. Oubre is another player that's like offensively has just been an absolute nightmare, um, although he played pretty good against L.A., um, but he still he still gives you great defensive effort, and then I don't think that they drop off that much when they go to the bench. Um, I think that Wiseman will give you better highlights, but Pascal possession for possession is probably a better defender at this point of their careers. And obviously, Damian Lee isn't the same defender as Ubre, but I don't think the drop off is that much for how much you get on the offensive end here, which is why I like some of these bench lineups more. I mean, I think that you take. Your ideal Golden State lineup, you, you replace Wiseman with, with Pascal and you replace Oubre with Damian Lee. I, I think that's the, their best five right now. I, I would go Curry, Lee, Wiggins, Draymond, Pascal. I think that's their best five. But you're only seeing these in the, in the, in the second quarters and stuff. I think that's going to allow San Antonio to get out to a lead. And then also, uh, a lot of times that lineup that I just mentioned is taking advantage of the backups. I like the way that San Antonio uses their backups. I think when Patty Mills comes in, I mean, the team is just fantastic. So I don't think they're going to get that same bench minute boost here tonight. Um, and, and I do like your under. I think these are both teams that are solid defensively, and they both have coaches that will not allow their players to dog in on defense and still get minutes. San Antonio has really been a, a nice team this year. I think their depth helps a lot. The fact that they have a lot of younger players, you know, guys like they can bring Vassell in off the bench, even Keldon Johnson, Rudy Gay for a few, you know, for 15, 20 minutes a night is still productive. Patty Mills, uh, Pirtle, I think is still kind of an underrated player. It just, this team really runs like nine, 10 guys deep, you know, maybe even mm -hmm. 11 if you start to look at some of the other guys. So I think that's been big for them night to night. You know, tonight I think it'll be kind of a slow game. Steph Curry, should obviously be the best player on the floor, which I think is probably a, you know, one of the best reasons to look at Golden State here. But yeah. um, still, that's, I'm going to think about this some more when we get off the show and, and see. But I might end up on like a San Antonio money line, maybe see if I can find a book that'll let me do like San Antonio minus one or something. Cool. Yeah, I think Bookmaker will. I'll take a look at that. Um, you know, again, as I look through the schedule here, um, your Sacramento Kings spread, they're playing the Clippers tonight. Looks like this opened here. The Clippers minus 10 and a half. Uh, the Kings have taken a little money spread. It's down to nine and a half. Uh, the total 231 down to 230. Um, 
what do you think? I mean, uh, are, are, this, are the, the Kings going to surprise the world here? I mean, is there some injury news that's going to come out for the Clippers that we don't know about yet? I mean, what's happening here? I mean, <laughs> so it tends a lot. For this game, what I thought I was going to be able to go to is what I've been going to for the last couple of games, and that's take the Kings opponent's team total over first half because they've been going over 60 every game. But they adjusted. It's 62 and a half now, um, which seems about right. I, I mean, I still think there's a little bit of value to the over, but it's not just a complete blind smash spot. Um, and, I mean, this is a team that it's, it's historically bad defense. I mean, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but, I mean, they are giving up uh, one of the worst defensive ratings of all time. And I don't know how you can back them. Uh, I think people are grabbing the 10 is because they can – they can probably score, and they could probably keep with the Los Angeles team, who in our heads we think is good defense, but statistically this year they're in the bottom 10 uh, defensively. Um, they seem to be much more focused on getting their offense right, and um, they don't really attack the rim. That's a weird thing about the Clippers. They put almost no pressure on you uh, by attacking the rim. I think, you know, Lou Williams is really the only one who goes to the rim, and what's he getting right now, like maybe 20 minutes a game? I mean, these guys are killing it, lighting it up offensively. Uh, without without barely even driving, which to me is an anomaly in today's NBA. Um, it just shows you how good they're shooting. Uh, Paul George has been unreal from behind the line, and I think that has a lot to do with it. I wonder how long he can keep that up for. Um, I lean taking the 10, but I'm, I'm not going to. And uh, I would lean towards the over just because they defend so bad. I think when they played a week ago, it went over with like six or seven minutes to go in the fourth. Yeah, it was, a, um, it was a cruise. They cruised over. Yeah, and I don't really see any reason why that wouldn't go anyway. So uh, while I lean the plus 10, I think you're a lot safer just taking over 230. And until the Kings do something to actually address their defense, I would just keep betting over in every single game. Uh, they're almost like what we expected the Atlanta Hawks to be. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I thought it would be fun, Spread. You were correct. Sacramento does have the worst defensive rating. But I, I, we'll start with the Lakers. The Lakers have the best defensive rating. They're at 104 and a half. Uh, the bottom five, as I take a look at it, let me just make sure, the Chicago Bulls at 113 and a half. The Trailblazers at 114. Wizards 114.6. The Timberwolves at 114.9. Give me a guess. What do you think your Kings defensive rating is? It's like 121. Well, 121. Very good. 121.8. That is yeah. tremendous. Because I think it's historically bad. I think for the season, the worst that's ever been is a 120. And that's the only reason I knew it. Because I know it was like, if they ended the season today, it would be the worst of all time since they started keeping this stat. Oh, absolutely. That, that makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. So, um, you know, not feeling Sacramento here, I guess, folks. Um, you know, again, as I look at that total, I'm trying to pull up the last game they had against the Clippers here and see kind of what the total was. It was like 139 to 118 or something like that. I mean, I stopped paying attention towards the end. I had the over and like I had a cash so early in the game. I'm just, oh, okay, cool. All right. So, yeah, let's take a look here. You know, that happened, looks like it was the 15th, so about five days ago. And it looks like the total closed at 227.5. And the actual total was 238. Um, you know, so sailed over there by about 10, 10 and a half points. Um, you know, it looks like obviously they've made an adjustment here, you know, with the number where it is right now. I'm surprised though that it's been, it looks like it's been pushed down just a little bit. It's down to 230. That's interesting. Maybe I'll look at an over there if that continues to drop. Yeah. 
the other Western Conference game, we've got Memphis versus Portland. You know, again, as I mentioned, two teams that are uh, in the hunt here for the playoffs. Portland would be in if they were tomorrow. Memphis would have to uh, win a game or two, I think, in the playoff play. And I need to refresh what my memory is there as I start to look at the line for tonight. Um, you know, Memphis open minus one and a half. It is now, I'm sorry, Portland open minus one and a half. It is now Memphis minus one. So the line's gone across zero there. Some money coming in on Memphis. Total opened at 222. Looks like it's back in the 222, actually now up to 223 range. I've got an under there. What do you think of this matchup, Red? It's hard to take Portland right now. They're missing their best two players, and McCollum and Nurkic. And, boy, uh, it almost reminds me, and there wasn't that many games, but when Steph was playing with that Warriors team, I mean, it's just like, one small guard cannot do it all. Uh, I feel so bad for Damian Lillard. I think that he's going to be one of those guys that's going to end up forgotten by history um, 10, 15 years from now because of, of the teams that they put around him. And uh, Memphis has won five in a row. They won, they won four without John Morant, and they brought him back. <laughs> and he's looking pretty good. How do you not like this team? What's the guy's coach name? Taylor Jenkins or something? you got to give him credit. Uh, Jared Jackson's out. Um, John Moran. Great job of managing the, the Moran injury for sure. Yeah. I mean, this team is fantastic. They play well. They play good defense. They distribute the ball well. Uh, they take a lot of good shots. How, how do you not like this team? And it was so funny. I was so down on Memphis this year. Uh, early in the year, I thought, boy, they're going to get another lottery pick. They're going to have their own little big three. They're going to be good in three years. No, they might be good right now. Um, I remember I, I, I caught some heads when I said John Morant was going to be top five in the next three or four years. Uh, but, boy, he looks good right now. I like Memphis here. It, it seems like a square play, and it's, it seems like you're just going with all the, uh, you know, the recent trends. But, boy, this is a Portland team that's really discombobulated. And, uh, I mean, like, how, how do you work their rotations? I, I just don't know what you do. You can't have Cantor and Carmelo on the floor at the same time. But at this point, like, like what do you do? You put Harry Giles out there? He's not that good a defender. Um, Dame's never been that good a defender. He's actually doing better this year. You see the effort level rising. But there's only just so much he can do. Uh, Covington, it, he's, a, he's a good player, right? But, I mean, he's definitely in decline. He's not the player he was two years ago. Um, Derek Jones, I mean, yeah. Prototypical 3 and D guys. But those guys are sit there to – to enhance the stars. And if you don't have the stars, like, like what do they really do? So I like Memphis here, but not enough to make a bet just because it seems too easy. What do you think? Yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of signs pointing here to Memphis. I I'm still going to kind of wait a little bit. I want to see how things shake out here. Um, you know, Portland is still a tough team. You know, I still like Lillard there. Um, Terry Stotts has, has coached this team without a defensive big man before, so I'm sure he's got some tricks up his sleeve to kind of figure out what to do there. Right. Um, it, it makes sense. I mean, the move makes sense to me for sure. I'm going to stick with my under and, and maybe watch this one a little bit, but I think you're probably you're on the right side there with Memphis. Taking a Portland under is so brave. So brave. We'll see. I mean – Fingers crossed, folks. Hopefully, I made yeah. the, the correct adjustment given all the injuries and stuff. But yeah. um, let me see. Actually, has Portland been an under team or an over team? You know, I have. I think, I think they've been an over team. In front of me. But I think some of that's going to be thrown out of the window. No, actually, they haven't. If you blindly bet all the Portland overs, you'd be down two and a half units. So really? not quite an under team, but definitely okay. not an over team. Well, that's good knowledge. And, 
Memphis has been a nice under team again. So I'm, I'm kind of happy to, to jump on board there and just, right. you know, again, as I look at my number, they're hanging 223. I make it like 218, 219. If I screw around with some stuff, I get as high as like 221. So, mm-hmm. you know, happy to grab a little bit of that. And what'd you get at? I see 223 and a half right now. 223 is, is what I have. It was, okay. it went down earlier and then I need to go look and see what happened because it, it seems to have jumped back up now. It looks like it's back up to 223. So, yeah, um, we'll bookmaker see. has two twenty three and a half right now. All right, let's. Any any other thoughts on on these guys or this game, or before we jump into? Uh, let me see. Are there any other Western Conference matchups, or do we? Yeah, Suns Rockets. Interconference stuff. Oh, that's right, Suns Rockets. There you go. Anyway. Yeah, let's talk about this game because there's a lot to talk thing about. Thing here. Yeah, <laughs> Phoenix <laughs> opens minus six. Um, they are now minus five and a half. Um, you know, seeing 220 here at the open, totals down to 218 and a half, 219. I did bet the under here as well. Um, you know, Phoenix and Houston have been under teams so far this year. But, you know, what do you think of kind of this rebuilt Houston Rockets roster? It's it's pretty interesting. You've got Victor Oladipo now. Christian Is Wood he making his debut tonight? Um, I would think so. It doesn't look like he's listed out. You know, we'll confirm that, obviously, but curious yeah. to see if he plays and what that'll look like, you know, with Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Christian Wood, a guy that I've got a most improved ticket on that I'm hoping continues oh, yeah. to play as well mm-hmm. as he has. You know, what do you think about this kind of uh, new-look Rockets roster? I like it. If John Wall was in there, I would be – I would play – I would take the six for sure or the five and a half or whatever it is. Um, Wall, Wall has been great. Uh, I think this team got a big boost losing Harden. And I think that Oladipo is going to be a fantastic addition for them because I like the way that he gives them some defensive integrity now um, because we know Wall, as funny as he is to watch score, right? He's not that good a defender. But now you've got Oladipo back there with Gordon. That's not a bad defensive backcourt. Uh, Christian Wood is not a good defender as of right now. Uh, but you got P.J. Tucker. So... It seems like they have a little balance between guys who can score and guys who can defend. I think the people are going to be really down on this team looking at the record. And if you model, they've had such bad results that, that your model is going to tell you to go against them. Uh, but I think that they're going to be a team that, that kind of does well here. Maybe not getting in the win column, but I think they're going to be dogs a lot. And I think that they're going to do quite well against the spread. So I'm hovering over it. I have not hit submit. Uh, but I kind of like Houston plus five and a half here. Phoenix has not been playing well. Did you notice they kind of fell off after being just like so good the first couple games? Well, I think, um, you know, if you look at their schedule, their schedule has finally started to tighten up a little bit. You know, they've uh-huh. generally been profitable to bet on from a spread perspective, but that number has definitely been dropping game to game. Um, yeah. I lean Houston as well here. Just, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm trying to tread lightly. I can this year as opposed to jumping in early on some of these changes. But I, yeah. I agree. There's a lot of nice pieces here for Houston. You know, we'll see what Silas is able to do here in his first year with these guys. But, you know, if all the depots playing and, and things are working nicely, there, they could be an interesting team. So I think you're, you know, on the right side here, even though I don't have a play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, remember, this is contract year Oladipo here. So I expect to get plenty of effort out of that young man tonight. Right, he should be playing as, as hard as he can, right? He's going yeah. into the market this year. So yep. just the under there for me, you, you're, you're looking long and hard at Houston. You let us know if you actually do that, huh? Sounds like a plan. 
All right, and then I think that covers all the games we have tonight, except uh, we've got Orlando playing Minnesota. That open uh, Orlando minus three. Orlando's taking a little money out to minus three and a half, so not a huge move there. Total 219, down to 218 and a half. Looks like there's no Carl Anthony Towns tonight, so no reason to bet the over, even though that number is looks just a touch low. Um, what do you think, Spread? Minnesota, that, that poor franchise, man. I don't see how they're ever <laughs> – I, I I don't see how they're going to get this right. I just uh, I don't know. I mean, you're getting four at home against an Orlando team that's been absolutely terrible since losing Markel Fultz. I mean, if that doesn't say it all, this game I think is really tough to cap. I I I don't want to get involved in it at all. I don't trust my model at all. Um, Orlando, boy. They've been disappointed this year. Gordon's not taking a step forward. Vukovic is still just an all-star that's about 10 years too late for his style of playing in the NBA. Terrence Ross, solid player. Cole Anthony, he's got a chance because we expect him to keep getting better, but uh, he hasn't been doing it so far. Horrible uh, shooting, so hopefully we see that res- that rebound a little bit. Yeah, it's been absolutely terrible. Uh, Fournier is not going to is not going to play tonight. Aminu's out, Bamba's out, MCW's out. Although I don't even know how much that even hurts. This is such a tough game to cap. I I like Minnesota because like I want them to be good. Like a lot, I like a lot of their players on their team. Like I I like Anthony Edwards, like Mister A one from day one. Like I'm I want him to be good. I just don't <laughs> see it yet. Um, Culver. He he wouldn't get minutes on any any team that is really contending. He defends so poorly. Vanderbilt, I mean, Okagaji is an all right defender. Russell's is a, the the epitome of a one way player. I don't know. I don't even want to have a lean on this game. I think it's really tough. I think these are two teams that we want to fade, and they just happen to be going against each other. What do you think? I, you know, honestly, I like Orlando in this spot. As I start to look at some of the matchups and who's okay. out for Minnesota, this should be a huge Vucevic night. I mean, if you're a Excellent. DFS person or a yeah. or a prop player, I think um, look at some Vucevic here. I mean, even though Towns isn't here and he usually gives up a bunch of points, no one else is, is here. I mean, I, Nas Reed or Ed Davis, I guess, is going to guard him or something. Who knows how the hell that's going to work. Um, and that's kind of why I lean Orlando here. I'm, Orlando is a team that I think I'm going to at some point start to – bet on and maybe in the next couple games because I think as Anthony starts to figure out shooting they maybe take away some of these point guard duties from Aaron Gordon or whatever the heck they have him trying to do um, right. hopefully things will normalize a little bit I think they've missed having Fournier he's kind of a solid stabilizing force for them and uh you know, as he starts to get back into shape a little bit I think Orlando will be better but um you know well yeah no you can see how they miss Fournier because they don't have anyone to bail them out the end of shot clocks I mean they can't go to Vukovic every single play right and Fournier is kind of the guy that like okay this play didn't work Give it to him with like less than 10 seconds, and he's going to get at least like a decent look. And they don't have it anymore. And I think you're right about Cole Anthony. I mean, I think that he could be a guy that's going to get a lot better. I think that it's easiest to come in the league as a rookie, as, as a forward or a wing. I think point guard's really hard, and I think to be a center and a big man is really hard. I think the learning curve is huge. And we've seen that with so many players um, that come in and struggle. Uh, right off the bat and we kind of write them off and they end up being pretty good so I wouldn't write off my Cole Anthony ticket yet but I don't think that we're going to get that from him tonight um, that being said you might be right just Gordon and Vukovic might be enough um, yeah <laughs> it's a tough game to cap but I think these are two franchises th- that are both kind of in tough situations 
I'm hoping to see Orlando get the ball in Anthony's hands, you know, kind of running full court. I'm surprised that they haven't tried to push the ball. I think he would be great just kind of pushing, trying to get the ball out to a couple of the shooters they have and Ross and Fournier mm-hmm. trying to, you know, run alley-oops with, with Gordon and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that stuff's in the works, but I know that Steve Clifford is more of an offensive coach than an offensive coach. So we'll see what he has in the works and hopefully he can develop something there. Yeah. And Aaron Gordon's one of those guys that it's like, we kept keep making wait, waiting for him to make that leap to like, definitive all-star and i just don't see the game getting any better he's just like an awesome athlete um that can score with like with physical mismatches but he doesn't really have a lot in his toolbox as far as like creating against really strong defenders and i mean i think he's above average defensively which works but you know i just really haven't seen him get a lot better so i just don't know where this franchise goes i mean um i, I you can almost pencil him in at seven between seven and nine for like the next four to five years uh, barring some major shakeup, like I haven't played, they, they haven't blown everything up yet. Yeah, it's it's just a mess. Let's get to the last game of the night, though. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, speaking of a mess, um, are playing the Indiana Pacers. Uh, at least what's left of the Dallas Mavericks. We'll try to pull that up here for you. Second, yeah, isn't that Indiana, terrible? Indiana opens minus one, but Dallas has taken money. It's now Dallas minus one and a half. The total opened at two seventeen and a half. Has been bet up to two twenty. Um, and now seems to be coming back down a little bit. Looks like it might settle in kind of the range of 219. Um, you know, I know that you were looking to back Indiana here. So did you grab that number already, or have you gotten a little bit of what you love to call patient line value? I, sh- I should have. I grabbed it already. Um, let, let's look who's missing for Dallas. Most likely, right? No Finney Smith, no Power, no Kleber, no Richardson. I mean, I, this is another one we talked about. How do you model this team? you got to throw all these results out. You have to throw all these results out. I mean, it's just, like, terrible. Like, I mean, Brunson's cool, and Burke is cool, and actually Willie Cauley-Stein isn't even cool. Like, he's not even good. Like, I, I can't believe he's – yeah. I don't know. And the starting lineup is going to be Doncic, Brunson, or Burke, Cardaway, Porzingis, Cauley-Stein? Yeah. A lot of James I mean, Johnson minutes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just rough. It's just – it's not the team that you're going to get. It's not the team that you're going to get when this team – is by the, by the second half of the season, I mean, like you're, all these results are going to be meaningless. You know, I mean, I mean it's the, just like the trepidation with the Pacers, though. Here is right. It looks like Miles Turner is not going to play. So yeah, he's not like, going to play. You... So you're going to lose the defense. But I think that you're just going to get more of that, like um, four out or five out offense, and we're going to get more of a modern offense, and we're just going to see these guys um, running and chucking. And I just trust Sabonis. I think that you know, as good as Luca is. Sabonis is vastly underrated. I think he's going to come close to really matching him tonight as a playmaker. Love Brogdon. I feel he's a little underrated too. Uh, we talked about it last week. That Sumner guy, I'm telling you, he's pretty good on the defensive end. He gives the team what they need. Um, you know, Doug McDermott has had a uh, kind of rebirth under the new coach. He's kind of just said, hey, this guy's a shooter. We need to find ways to get him open looks. Um, so... I don't know. I just really like Indiana, man. I'm really high on this team. I didn't think I was going to be this high preseason, but I loved everything that I've seen. I think Sabonis has really made that jump into a bona fide all-star, and uh, I just trust them to get it done tonight. I think that they're they're a great defensive team, and we're going to see some of that tonight, and I see think this is going to just be another – what is it, four and five for Dallas? I mean, how, how, how much load can Luka carry, right? I mean, it's just – at some point he's going to wear out, right? And he didn't come into the season – um, I mean, he basically took a James Harden offseason workout, so he's playing himself into shape too. So, 
Um, I, I like Indiana here. What do you think? Do you think I'm on the right side, or would you go the other way? I, I do. I, again, if I had to pick a side here, I, I pick Indiana. Just too much unknown here, like you said, from a Maverick side. I mean, in a way, because all those games are a mess, you can almost look at them all at the same time. Um, yeah. But from an Indiana perspective, I, I'm curious to see what they do with that Turner tonight. And um, I don't think having you know Luca attack the basket is necessarily the night you want to try to figure something like that out. Even right. if Dallas is missing some of their their better players and there's some of their big men, I mean if they they have probably still have just enough shooters to put a lot on Luca where things are going to get interesting here. So um, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to stay away here, you know. But um, you don't have an under ticket. I almost felt like you had an under ticket on every game we talked about. No, no, I only have three. I'm sorry. I said I bet under in the Portland game. I actually didn't do that. I bet under. I was okay, well, I'm glad because I don't I don't like betting under in the Portland games. That's just bad. I've got myself. under in Golden State, San Antonio. I've got under in Houston, Phoenix, and then under in Brooklyn, Cleveland. But when I take a look at this Indiana total real quick, you know, I'm seeing 219. I make it 217 and a half, 218. Yeah. No, no nothing there for me. Right. All right, Spread. Anything else we want to touch on here before we wrap it? I think we covered just about every game and team, every game tonight, and every team we wanted to talk about. But uh, anything else here? No, I mean, I think this is a lot of fun. This Wednesday is a great day because by the time that we've broken down every game, we've pretty much talked about most of the teams in the NBA. Um, so, you know, it's always fun talking to you, always fun, um, you know, getting your insights on some of these games as well. And, and I hope all the, uh, the viewers and the listeners were able to, to glean some good uh, actionable information from today. You're so kind. Well, thanks, everybody who watched. We appreciate the comments there. If you're watching this on YouTube or whatever you're using, give it a thumbs up or a like or whatever um, if you listen to this on podcast because, of course, it comes out as a podcast almost immediately afterwards. Give us a rating, a review, and subscribe on whatever podcast app you're using. You can find us on Twitter at NetworthPod, and have a great day. Good luck in all your wagers.